welcome to Letters to Our Yesterday, a podcast inspired by extraordinary women. I believe that one of the greatest strengths women have are each other. We often support, guide, encourage and inspire each other. Throughout this series, I'll be speaking to many incredible women about their life journey and together we will explore what advice they would give their younger self. Banu Sekendor was born in Turkey and lived through a difficult childhood before moving to the United States. After suffering a traumatic breakup, she became so unwell she ended up in the emergency department. Following this dark night of the soul, Banu moved to Hawaii and spent time healing and rebuilding herself. Her journey led to a deep understanding of self-love, which she shares through her writing and role as a healer. Can you tell me a little bit about your journey, um, what you've been doing to get to this point where you are writing posts about self-love and you have so much wisdom to share with people? Um, so for starters, from not having any um, and not knowing um, that it was something I needed to have, um, self-love, the words have been floating around for a while, but this is in 2013 when I finally um, had the wide awakening to the fact that self-love is probably the most important thing in life and that includes being happy because when we are self-loving we are naturally doing things um, that are fun exciting interesting adventurous things that would make us happy self-love to me um, is the beginning of one's awareness of oneself and my journey started out um, growing up in Turkey 44 years ago, being born prematurely mm-hmm. and in the incubator for 37 days. And then I had a um, pretty tumultuous um, life growing up. Um, mm-hmm. I look at it as my fertilizer because my parents were unhealed, their parents were unhealed. And there's something I believe called ancestral um, trauma that gets passed like a lineage it comes from it came from my grandmothers her grandmother and their grandmothers and there are certain patterns that haven't been broken and if we are the ones who are doing healing work on the planet now in any form whether you're a massage therapist or a reiki person or therapist or anything um it's mostly because we're called to it and we didn't come from comfortable happy yay everybody's so good to each other and there's no pain kind of life and that becomes our fertilizer and everybody's fertilizer is different mm-hmm. and i happen to be a female growing up in turkey mm-hmm. and my father was a turkish man and a traditional one in, in certain aspects and modern in others um but being his daughter i was mostly uh, exposed to the more traditional side mm-hmm. uh, mostly what, what did that look like How, did that limit your your opportunities um well um Yes and no. So he was aware of the dangers in the uni- in the in the world out there because he had lived all over, and um, he also experienced a lot of things. So he was thinking, oh, it's the the world out there is the bad 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 big bad wolf, yeah. and you are a little girl. So I was controlled a lot, and then there were roles that were cast before I was born that I needed to f- fit into. Yeah. Um, and um, so 
when I got into relationships, it all of that stuff came to the surface along with the wounding that I experienced growing up, which I realize now is part of the fertilizer. There's a um, there's an author who mentioned that there are four main wounding in humanity: yeah. abandonment, rejection, um, or wait, um, when I remember it, I'll come back to it. Yeah, but yeah. Pat, I I remember thinking I have checked off all of those four. Yeah. Um, and, oh, shame, abandonment, rejection, um, and one more. So I'll remember that, and then I'll make the four before we we end. And so I realize now that that became. Um, the foundation of how I'm able to help others because I have experienced and know what all of those wounds feel like. Mm -hmm. um, but also the cost of it was that I had to suppress all of that like many people growing up with abuse or in, in situations, home situations or environments that were not very healthy or they didn't know they weren't healthy. They thought they're doing the right thing. Um, mm -hmm. And we suppress and in order to survive. And so my body, my emotional memory, um, my mental memories, everything um, came to the surface in relationships. And I couldn't, it was like, oh my God, I'm in love, it's great. And then, oh wow, this is like hell. And mm -hmm. it wasn't anybody's fault. It's just like, oh my, I didn't know those things were going to come out. And in 2010, I got into a relationship and it was a very passionate connection and all of these things came up to the surface uh, to, the, to the nth degree this time. And mm -hmm. it was three years of uh, being in, um, in, in joy, high levels of joy at times and then high levels of pain at times. And we couldn't break the patterns that we were creating and had created. So I knew this guidance came from my soul that I needed to break the relationship if I wanted to move on to the next level in my life. And it almost so much like, oh, let me just break off this off and go. It wasn't like, let me break off the relationship so I can go get my promotion. It was like, I wasn't going to survive because I was in so much anxiety all the time. My nervous system was getting taxed out. And I don't think that the other person could, could really understand that or many people who haven't been in that situation when all their emotional wounds are on the surface and it's been like that for a long time it takes a toll on you yeah so um and i found out basically to make this long story short how i arrived um at the self-love journey um basically more consciously um i found out after we broke up that or it was already a very very difficult decision for me and i was grieving and i was just like you know broken um from <laughs> And I found out he was dating this person um, when that it was involved in some of the boundary crossings in, in ways that I didn't appreciate and some people would not have been a big deal maybe, but I had around a lot of sensitivity around that. Mm -hmm. And um, so I heard, as soon as I heard the news and it got confirmed, I heard a thump on my heart oh. and followed by intense pain. Um, and I knew my life life wasn't going to be the same after that because I knew what my body experienced, meaning uh, it was nothing like I've ever known. So it was like and your heart actually broke, like you felt I, I, it. Yes, it is. And I researched after that that there is such a thing in, in DSM-4, it might be 5 now, the American um, Psychological Association's Diagnostic Institute, a Diagnostic Manual for Mental Health um, Disorders. 
Yeah. And it, it is it is a disorder there. I mean, you actually heartbreak can lead to death. Yeah. And then I, I came across that in other areas. So um, the whole we have used is, oh, I was so heartbroken so casually. We yeah. actually I didn't know that it, it's actually a real phenomenon that your heart can actually make a sound. Yeah. Um, and um, so I didn't eat or sleep much after that for three weeks. Um, called my best friend who lived in San, in California, San Francisco at the time. Yeah. I said, I need to get you a plane ticket um, and you need to stay with me because I'm unable to take care of myself. And right now, I don't think I can make it if you don't come. And she was in between jobs so she could make the trip. And, you know, during after that and until she came, um, that was like pretty much six months after I heard the news and the heartbreak yeah. happened. So I was down to like almost nothing at that at, at that point. Mm -hmm. And um, so the whole search love search for self love. What is it? What? Why? Why does it matter? And how did I end up here? How does someone end up here? Mm -hmm. um, is was my big question. And I've been learning that and sharing what I learned over the years. Um, mm -hmm. It started, I think, in 2014 or end of 13. My first article was published on mm -hmm. Tiny, and then the second one was about love addiction, mm -hmm. which um, which definitely is linked to lack of self-love, uh, among other things, because addictions are a different phenomenon on their own. Mm -hmm. uh, and then um, the self-love one was where um, I received a lot of um, positive response in a way I didn't know was mm -hmm. going to come because I, to my mind, I wrote about something that I experienced and I knew I needed to tell everybody yeah. and everybody, whoever would listen or read about it because without this, there's nothing. So don't strive for all the other things you're striving for without working on self-love. Yeah. I don't so know. This part where you were so heartbroken and your best friend came to stay with you. At what point did you kind of turn it around, I guess, where you started to see, because it sounds almost like you came out of yourself and you had an awareness of what was happening and that developed into your knowledge about self-love. So at what point did you start writing about it and you were, you were well enough to share? Well, what, once it was like that article, the one that I shared with you, um, 20 Ways to Love Yourself, it came out of what I realized I needed to be doing for myself and, and my awareness that, wow, this is an ongoing thing. This is kind of mm -hmm. like, these are the pills and vitamins that you need to take daily. Just because you took them yesterday doesn't mean you don't take them today. Yeah. And, and it's it, it just basically started out with me realizing and starting to apply them. Mm -hmm. And what it is, is that I think um, we're, I consider myself someone who um, is uh, guided by, at this point, um, outside forces, meaning I am every day willing to and working on surrendering to my higher purpose mm -hmm. um, over my own ego and its own fears and its own agendas and being able to see them and choose, okay, this is not where I want to go or how I want to feel. Mm -hmm. um, and where it started changing for me is a little before my friend came, I had a conversation with a, a neighbor who suggested I move somewhere else. Or we were talking, he said, why don't you move to Hawaii? I said, oh, Hawaii wasn't even on my radar. It's, it was yeah. a nice place. I was far away. 
And long story short, I end up in, in Hawaii on the big island, not knowing anyone and starting over. And what it did for me was I was already done in Seattle. I was done in Seattle before the relationship was done because I am originally from Turkey, like I said, and from a warm place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't really enjoy the most of the year rainy-ish uh, weather, although it's a beautiful place and all of that. It's yeah. you know lots of, mm-hmm. lots of positive energy and events happening, everything. But it wasn't for me, and I knew I needed to move. And um, Hawaii happened to be um, where I was guided to. Yeah. Um, and after I moved, making this leap, I basically threw myself into an environment where I didn't know anyone, I didn't know anything about it, mm-hmm. and everything was going to be from scratch. Um, and, and also, you know, I, and I think I could have felt the same way if I moved to Bali or someplace that's beautiful, you see pictures yeah. of Thailand and Santorini and all that, right? Mm-hmm. In the world is a gorgeous place. I mm-hmm. think, I'm guessing that I could have had a similar experience if I had moved to Hawaii, I mean, moved to Bali or Italy, because it was very different than the environment and the cultural um, atmosphere I was living in which immediately starts changing you without you trying to change by seeing seeing new flowers meeting new people and also had a lot of contemplation time Mm -hmm. um you know a lot of I had a lot of time to myself and I had to be um I was meeting people and all that but it wasn't like um in high school where we're hanging out all the time you know especially on the island People spend a lot of time alone, especially the Big Island, I'll say, um, because it's not a um, downtown party place. You have a lot of time alone, and you have to be comfortable with that. And if you aren't, you're going to get comfortable with it yeah. um, at some she point. That I liked in your post about the um, ways to love yourself. One of the ones was that you said spending quality time with yourself instead of turning to the TV and Internet. So I guess that kind of relates to that. You were forced to have that connection to yourself, that time to yourself. Yes, I think I also needed to to sink into this um, space between here and there, whatever that was, where I could get incubated. You know, I could be in, um, you know, I still was on social media, but I wasn't watching movies, new, the news, mm-hmm. or following anything that was uh, current. Whatever was on, on social media, I ignored if it was too serious yeah. because I was already, you know, processing so much. Yeah. Um, but spending time alone... Um, so what would you do in your time by yourself? What kinds of things would you do? I, I wrote a lot. I just spent time in nature. And, yeah. and one of the things I found is that I am definitely... Um, a nature person i'm i'm a wolf who likes to be um in packs when she chooses and likes to be alone when she needs it and when i need it i need it it doesn't matter who is calling and um you know it's like so i disappeared into the the jungles i would go to beaches that that had private spots and i would just be there and um you know had had a journal had my books uh, sometimes it would turn into a picnic and it would just be me and in that space and being open mm-hmm. um, to whatever comes in, whatever I feel. Um, and it's just being there. And I felt like I was in the, you know, the, the womb of Mother Nature. I was being nurtured. I was being nurtured back to life. 
and the things I was reading um, were also the books I was reading were also feeding that and shaping who I was starting to become which I still am obviously a work in progress like the rest of us Um, but uh, you know that time alone I think is for reconstructing for um, Wow, well, it sounds like the universe gave you what you needed at that time. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the, the post that you mentioned before, which I absolutely love. So it's what self-love means and 20 ways to be good to yourself. And I loved it because I've read a lot of things about self-love and some of the things I recognise, but there were a few um, points that were something I hadn't thought of before. So one of them that I loved was making time to do whatever we love, just to play without worrying about wasting time. Like, I really love that. As soon as I read that, I felt I could just imagine such a freedom for yourself where you just really just surrender to the moment, enjoy what you're doing without thinking of anything else that you need to be doing. Because I think we're so hard on ourselves sometimes. We have such to-do lists and are always doing that. And we feel like if we're not doing our to-do list, we're wasting time. Mm-hmm. So I love, love that thought of just playing. So what are the kind of things that you would do just to um, just relax and enjoy yourself? Well, um, you know, when I wrote that, I um, I was just starting to own and come into that part of me, connect to that part of me, which I consider the um, the inner child, but mm. more like the, the happy, magical side of the inner child who just wants to be like, oh, my God, look at that burden. Look at this. Yeah. And I love this. And and there's that that I am that girl and mm. I am I'm a 44 year old woman who is still that girl. Yeah. And. And I, that part of me had been shut out for so long, um, for many reasons. And my last relationship in Seattle started awakening that. But then coming to Hawaii and feeling like I've got nothing to lose and I have all this time. And the way it comes out for me is I actually feel confident and, and grounded in myself and open so I can be open enough. I found out that it really has, it requires confidence um, to be open and without being open we're not going to have the fun the joy that we want and it's the joy that I was able to connect to because um, at the same time you know as little before that I experienced the very opposite of joy in a very deep way so when I sprung back up I was able to get to, um, you know, this is not like a constant state of joy I would be lying if I said that's the case Um, but it's more like um, I'm able to access that so much easier because I now remember what it's like. I am that girl who just points to flowers and be like, oh, my God, look at that. I talk to people and pet their dogs and um, I make jokes to random people. I act like a clown. And it's just that's just who I am. And and that's what comes out. And I recently even started putting little sparkles around my eyes, like yeah. little like to do you know um what do you call those things they're, oh, I guess, I know. they're like little sequins yeah something like that. that it's a powdery version and yeah. and you know it's i shouldn't be doing stuff like that should being in you know the operative word because yeah. i'm i'm too old to have sprinkles sparkly sprinkles on my face i'm a professional i shouldn't be that way and all the students are the reason why we are all depressed and anxious and don't know, don't remember what joy feels like anymore. Yeah. And I didn't have sparkles in my eyes for the first 40 years of my life. Yeah. And if my family heard this, they're going to be like, well, you had good times. And I'm like, yeah, but there's a difference between having a good time and being joyful. I can have a good time on drugs too. Yeah. That doesn't 
caffeine I'm 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 in joy yeah um, you know what I mean um so but to have true joy you have to be present don't you you have to be in the moment and have that awareness of um I don't know awareness and appreciation for life I guess to be truly yes, joyful yes Thank you for saying that because I think that's really what it is. We feel like, oh, we've been there, we've seen everything, we've done all that. And our sense of joy, oh my God, like my jaw dropping. And I get, it doesn't mean I have to discover a new species of butterflies to get excited about it like that, you know? I feel butterflies beautiful, yeah. Yes. You mean, yeah. Yes, they are. They are actually an incredible symbol because of the stages that it, they go through and um, how when you are in the cocoon, um, kind of switching to that from joy, when we're in the cocoon, there isn't any joy. Like, because you are doing inner work, you're digging, you're, you're looking at things, you're feeling all the things that you didn't get to feel because you were busy surviving your life. And but enjoy meaning like I wasn't skipping around, but I had moments of that. Um, but I knew that it didn't take me away from still needing to go back in be and be in that space. Um, and I'm not afraid of being alone anymore yeah. because because I spend so much time by myself and it doesn't mean that I always like it. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's painful because, oh, well, that's a sign that I have not been doing much. Mm. Um, and taking time away for myself because you know what we get molded into the roles and the personalities that we're in um and by being around people that those those roles stay intact and we don't get to actually find wait who am i inside that role outside that role yeah i love as well in that same post you had um something about self-love you said we have to create the space for receiving love through self-love so it sounds like I think you had said, even if you find the best partner, the most loving partner, if you don't love yourself, you don't have that capacity to receive love from them. No, and that is really the the most major and the saddest part of it all, because I didn't, when I received it since, you know, I've been on this journey and being in a relationship, I encountered that several times where um, it, it comes, it kind of becomes this, uh, knee-jerk reaction almost because mm-hmm. I haven't either been um, taking care of myself as well as I used to and like I said skipping on things matter and also there's an old pattern there of mm-hmm. having having that has been nurtured all these you know decades I should say um, of uh, being really close to someone isn't safe mm-hmm. and um and that came from my life experiences. So there is a hardwiring there. But the key is, um, especially when you're in a relationship, being honest about where you came from and why you are experiencing um, life this, this way and why you react this way, knowing it without making yourself wrong or making it their job. If it's someone who loves you, who wants to support you to be to grow and to be happy, they're going to be cognizant of those wounds that you share. So I'm really excited to ask you my last question because it sounds like you're someone who's done so much self-reflection and so I'm very excited for your answer. So what would you write in a letter to your yesterday and what age would you be writing that letter to? Oh, um, let me see if, if I can do this without crying. <laughs> What I would say to her is all her patience 
mm-hmm. has paid off and will pay off. And um, she would be 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And um, I would say to her, you are my hero. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. For overcoming everything and and enduring it all so you could be in this place. And you didn't think you had it, but you had it. Mm-hmm. And I'm proud of that. Yeah. That's beautiful. So, yeah. And, and her voice is very important to me. Mm. Now, today in my life, her voice, her vote is very important. Yeah. And that love, that self-love that you create extends to her as well. Yeah, um, and there's definitely talks I've had with her, and um, when I'm going through other, I've gone through several um, of these, but not as big and as deep, Um, and I learned different tools in each of them, and every time I end up coming back to those parts of me, um, that had to be left behind, uh, you know, survive in their own way, and honor them and acknowledge them and become more intimate with their needs so that I can meet them now or so that they can have a happier life. Um, Mm. And this is all like, these are all things we need to know. And even, and we can't, we can't basically give ourselves everything that we're needing. This is why we need to learn how to receive Mm. um, and um, call for help include other people in our healing and say, look, this is what I'm working on. Um, I would really appreciate your support this way. This is another self-loving act because, you know, it's really hard and it's very, it's a very vulnerable place. We have to be okay with not being able to receive it. I actually reached out when I was getting divorced Mm -hmm. and it was a good divorce. Very, very positive experience for me, oddly enough. Mm-hmm. Um, because I prayed a lot for it, that I would have a peaceful divorce. Um, mm-hmm. I was talking to a friend of mine, and, and I asked her if I needed that I needed support, if she could be someone I could call when I felt like I was spiraling down, because it's like, it was a positive thing, but I was there was grief and fear, for sure. And um, And she said, she gave me, she said no, and several reasons why, because she had so much going on in her life. And I could see, like, yes, if you know your limitation, that you're already tapped out at your limits in helping your mom do this and getting promoted, which means more amounts, more work and more this and that, and taking care of other things and other people. And she's like, I'm kind of tapped out, so I may not be able to offer you, and I don't want to be in that position of not being able to be there for you. Mm-hmm. And she kind of like was clear and I didn't feel rejected. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is actually absolutely doable. I'm so glad I asked mm-hmm. because I got to hear and see someone modeling to me that you don't have to, you know, feel like a mean person when you're mm-hmm. setting a boundary because it's coming from self-love. And she communicated that to me, which I didn't know what to call it back, back then, by the way. Yeah. I was just impressed. Yeah, wow, it is, isn't it? Like... Because you could have taken it a different way and felt rejected and upset and it could have been the end of a friendship. but It could have been if she acted differently, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Well, thank you so much, Penny, for sharing so much with us today, for sharing your vulnerability, which I really love that because I think to love yourself, I think in your post you even said that, I think the last one, what was it? 
Um, loving and accepting ourselves, even when we fail miserably at some of our self-love goals. I love that. And I think by being vulnerable, that's accepting ourselves of who we are and where we are at at this moment. And we're, like you said, we're not always going to be joyful and um, even on the right track. But as long as we accept ourselves, I think that's so important. Yeah, that's the foundation for sure. Thank mm -hmm. you so much for the opportunity to share my story and my message. Oh, you're welcome. I feel really honored that you got to speak to us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Letters to Our Yesterday. If you enjoyed this conversation and feel inspired to, please take a moment to rate and review or share it with someone you love. If you'd like to connect with me or find out more about this podcast and my book which shares the same name, please visit my website, karensepulveda.com. Thank you again, and don't forget to subscribe to hear more conversations with extraordinary women.